0: Let's that start out like so Dominic the Donkey. Yeah,
1: it does. So
0: We're bringing back Dominic
1: so the Donkey hundred percent for Christmas this so year—the best ever. All right, anus, anus. Yeah. welcome everybody to the seventy-fifth episode of the Light Shed Podcast. I think seventy-five is the diamond anniversary as we continue to move forward. I'm Brandon Ross, Walt Pisick, Rich Greenfield. Happy Friday, October 8th.
0: And Brandon, thank you. We're, we're trying to keep the podcast a little shorter today, if we can, probably not, um, to save your butt from sitting too long because you've been having a, a recurring issue.
1: Yeah. I think I I think I broke tailbone. I, I think I broke my butt. So I can't really sit um i've tried around a little bit i i've tried that um um the gel donut <laughs> uh the area that i'm having the problem doesn't quite work i do the standing desk sometimes but then my legs get tired although i should be
0: getting ready for ski <laughs> Your legs season. get tired from standing
1: well yeah okay standing and not moving standing and moving is fine but standing and not moving.
0: well if any of our listeners have any other suggestions for a broken tailbone <laughs> for someone that doesn't go to the doctor or maybe too much then please send them in please send I'm, your
1: submissions I haven't been in. to the doctor in a long time well, and don't, don't be help, surprised if brandon starts thing.
2: pacing in the middle of the podcast is that the other thing that we should be prepared for well i pace no matter what
1: anyway what i'll do is i will just put um of course, Joe's the already texting with his around. advice
0: because he's had every ailment. Yes. The only bigger mo- hypochondriac what, than you. What, what did Joe Who's specifically had every say ailment here? And has the solution or lack a thereof. A
1: Cossack's cushion, I've told you before. I've told you before. Joe, <laughs> Yo, I, I, I've tried it all. It's just a lot of Advil. We're just about three weeks into this because it this happened the Monday after the wedding when we were in Moab. And I... Uh, Slipped on the
0: mountain. Um, but, uh, you know. Okay, on to the first slide then. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's do it, Rich. We're going to get sitting right into.
2: Well, we're going to get right into Facebook. I mean, it was okay, a great. pretty rough week for Facebook. I mean, if you think about it, we started out with a 60 minutes piece, basically, you know, a with from piece. a whistle. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, it's been a pie. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this last week. It feels like sort of a pile on, I think, was Walt's word for it. I mean, everyone seems to be attacking Facebook. I mean, this Gawker article sort of made me laugh when, you know, the, the the headline of the Gawker article or the title of it is all Facebook employees should just quit, which is just like one of those like absurd article titles that you see. Yeah. Uh, but ev-
1: everybody don't feed your families. Don't pay your mortgages. Yeah, I'm surprised you
0: didn't say have the same thing after. <laughs> he was he was the one defending Blumenthal last time. So you know, put him in the same camp as Gawker.
2: Look, the, the the challenge is, and you know, I think there's a, a lot of the debate that I hear among people in the ad industry is there's a sort of a perception that Facebook has taught has turned a blinder eye than companies like Twitter and um and and Google YouTube et cetera. It's obviously hard to actually you know prove or not prove. Obviously, Facebook spends a lot of money to try to you know it, to, to to deal with these issues, but. Clearly the, the issues are not dealt with. And I think that's yeah. sort of the spends
0: a lot of money to deal with the issues or spends a lot of money to make sure that it can't be proven.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think these are extremely this is this is the thing, right? These are extremely, extremely difficult problems, especially at the scale that Facebook exists at. I told you that I, I this is, you know, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend who had been at Facebook. And he basically said the way Mark looks at it is it's this whole news thing is a lose lose for them because um, no matter how much money they put into it, they're not going to capture um, all of the fake news. Um, and, you know, well, they, they that's, that's going to be a problem. Don't and, if they, the and if they and if right, right. And if they do it too much, right. To the extent that they are doing it, they're alienating other people who think that their news shouldn't be taken down because that's, you know, the news that they believe is real, even though it's fake. So it's just you're always going to be hated by someone being in the position that they are trying to police that platform.
2: So the question that's
1: one of the reasons why they're, you know, kind of shifting into this. Or shifting quicker into the 3D virtual space and some of the business models that go along with that.
2: But, but what does that mean? Does that mean I'm not going to get a news feed eventually? Like, I don't actually know when you say I'm, we're going to shift away from Rich, news. Who, who the fuck
1: knows what it looks like in five years, six years, seven years, right?
2: Yeah, I, I guess I just trying to figure out like Facebook is so, I mean, I mean, that's what it that's it's
1: like kind of identity now.
2: Yeah. Right? Facebook is a feed. I mean, it's been a feed essentially from the day it was. Well, created.
1: it started as a real social feed. Well, and then it became start, right. And then yeah. then news articles, you know, more interest graph type stuff started um, flowing in. And um, I, I, what is what does Facebook look like, you know? what's the core of Facebook in five or 10 years?
2: Who the hell? Well, knows? It, it's certainly becoming more video centric. I mean, you saw, you know, this is an Alex Kantrowitz caught that reels. So, you know, you're now seeing reels start to show up sort of in the main Facebook app, you know? So we yeah. went from reels inside of Instagram, which pushes the, which is it the playbook, Facebook, right? Sure.
1: That's what happened with stories. It's it started in Instagram and then it found its way into into blue.
2: But this is to me when you say they're moving away from news and information, putting reels. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are more entertainment based, but there's plenty. Well, they've also, of, they've
1: tweaked the algorithm in the past to, right, to surface certain things over sure. other things. They, so they could continue to do that and they could really, really dial down news if there's other things to keep people interested in, in the feed.
2: Well, but, but that brings up the major question if the, Or
1: other platforms that kind of take over in in making money for them.
2: Yeah, the the funny thing I saw though is someone tweeted out this week. I should have put it in here if I I just didn't know we were going to go in this direction. Like basically every time they see a YouTube short or an Instagram reel, eighty five percent of the time it's a TikTok download and re uploaded to one of those platforms. And so like if if people aren't natively creating on Facebook or aren't natively creating on you know, with Facebook Reels or natively creating on YouTube Shorts, like, I don't know how engaging that actually is versus the platform where it comes from being TikTok. Like, I just, that that's where I would be concerned. Like, if the, if the shift is to, you know, content from other platforms, I don't know, you know, what that means to engagement over time. I think that would be the concern looking out of how do you do it if, if it isn't something native where you're actually creating content, like Instagram Stories, you were creating Instagram Stories on Instagram, Right. If 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 reels is the format that feeds into Facebook, but it's basically most of it's coming from TikTok, yeah. that feels a lot less. Although interesting.
1: it's interesting, Rich, I remember the kind of the beginning of stories on Instagram. A lot of the things that were in the stories came from Snap stories. That's fair, right? Because then it one of the reasons was because Snap had the tools um, to create, you know, prettier, more interesting yep. stories um at the time like the the unique location um stickers stuff like that you would see a lot of that and then eventually instagram stories found its own rhythm and they
2: right so your point is is if the tools get built out if they can build up the tools so that people are creating it yes it it should it should find its its own rhythm Reels has been around for a while, though, and I don't feel yeah. like, you know, I wonder how much it'd be interesting. We should sort of, I don't know how you ever run it, but it would be curious how much of the content is actually natively created on platform versus third party. You know, I, I remember I was listening to that podcast that Walt recommended that the Neil Mohan, um, I think it was a Vergecast podcast a few weeks ago. And um, uh, Neely Patel actually asked Neil Mohan about the fact that a lot of shorts were uploaded. And, he, you know, and, and what do you think of that? Or does that bother you? And he wouldn't answer the question, uh, which you know, to me sort of is a sign that at least right now, a lot of it is third-party content being uploaded. Yep. And the question will be is, does it become more organic over time?
1: Yeah, they need, again, they just need to find their kind of um, killer tools to put well, in the hands of creators to make their um, reels more interesting than TikToks. And maybe that will never happen.
0: I think in addition to the tools, the algo does have um, some impact. I've flipped through reels and it quickly gets not good relative That's to what, point. maybe it's maybe it's the fact that there's not enough content to pick from, but maybe it's because they just haven't figured out a good enough algo to keep you addicted inside the app. Right,
1: Facebook knows how to keep you um, addicted in other regards, but maybe they haven't. They keep
0: you angry,
2: but not necessarily addicted and happy. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Um, You know, we talked about last week that uh, YouTube was trying, or YouTube TV and YouTube was resisting NBC's effort to jam Peacock in. Lo and behold, um, you know, they settled. Peacock is not part of the new YouTube TV deal. So it really looks like a meaningful victory for YouTube and also sort of forces NBC to actually have to build Peacock on its own. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be able to build Peacock. By jamming it into MVPD deals. They tried it with Charter. Nice
1: try. Yeah, I was going to say nice try, though. Uh, They tried it with Charter
2: and they failed. They got like a short term marketing promo thing from Charter, but that failed. Now they tried to jam it into a VMVPD and failed like Peacock's going to have to sink or swim on its own. There's no going to be, hey, we're just going to jam it in. And the the
1: whole point is that it's supposed to be getting away from the bundle, (laughs) (laughs) not not trying to, you know strengthen the bundle.
2: Yeah. But Brandon, you talk, you know, you're you're the one that came up with like, you think about Netflix and trying to teach, you know, think about the bicycle shop versus rockets, right? Like yep. walk into a bicycle shop and say, make me a rocket. Like if you think about, you know, cable companies or, you know,
1: they don't know how to make rockets. They have a playbook. Yes. Right. That they, they know the how to execute for years. on it. And, exactly. And and that's the exact playbook. That's
2: so it. it's not shocking that they're trying to do it. I think the g- great news is is that the platforms are finally saying no, no 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 we're not doing this this is not the game and if you want to be carried this is the way forward and you know sorry
1: and then we it- talked last week about the inconsistent messaging um coming out of broader Com- comcast where there they're trying to bundle up and force carriage um it, in the NBCU, but um on Com- comcast cable they have dropped MSG networks, and MSG networks um, remains off the air. It's also, again, very interesting because Comcast has its own RSNs. Um, and, you know, we've heard for a while that Comcast would like to sell those RSNs. This, this isn't exactly value enhancing um, for, for those ambitions if they do exist.
2: Why do you think Verizon? We have the second thing on the slide. Good news for Knicks fans in New York. Yep. Um, that MSG is now available on Verizon FiOS, or is going to still be available. Why do you think Comcast dropped and Verizon didn't? Is there an obvious reason why one would why they look at it differently?
1: I think that like going back to the kind of like traditional way of thinking about this, um, Verizon has always been in in deep competition um, because they're an overbuilder with Both Charter and Altice, formerly Cablevision, um, for broadband subscribers. And so I think they're doing the math and wondering, well, if we drop um, MSG networks, how many broadband subs are we going to lose along with it? And then what's kind of the LTV of, of, um, of a broadband
0: subscriber? Um, and kind of go from there Whereas it doesn't care about the pay TV customer. I've said before that they're not going to put much of anything into the boxes. So why would they do anything with the content? They'd be just as happy for you to sign up on YouTube TV.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think though, that if you drop, like if you're a, a Knicks fan, a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan, like a real fan, you are going to be passionate about that content. And if you drop that, if if that content goes away, what are your alternatives? You could go to a VMVPD. Fubo is really where you have to go with it, um, or you might be, you know, swayed to go to the income, cable incumbent in that area. Right. And good luck it's with f- your
0: three it- megabits of uplink.
1: Yeah, that's it's what's funny. more
0: important to you. Your sports is more important to you than an internet connection that actually works.
2: Well, but Brandon, it it's it's, 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 funny I mean, you, you it's
1: interesting you say that, Walt, because Rich Greenfield could have Fios in his building.
0: Yeah, we did learn that yesterday. We, I didn't we? Right.
1: Um, with all his internet problems and he, chooses, he just likes to suffer. He chooses not to have Fios. Can I
0: also just point out one other technical... Interestingly,
1: by the way, I could have Fios in my building and I still have charter. I don't know why. Go ahead. So,
0: yeah. So, um, NBC sports i forget what what program i was watching it might have been the sunday night football or or maybe it was epl the app streaming and then i noticed the quality wasn't perfect for my beautiful oled tv and so then i switched over to youtube tv and my perception was that it was better than the nbc sports app itself same exact internet connection same exact television it's, it's i just i'm not sure i mean you know there's if i want to buy and, a, and can, can what's happening quality, in the last mile Uh, Okay, maybe I'm not gonna finish. (laughs) Well, I was about to go on about video quality and blurring and pixelation, and I was going to say that when you buy a TV before you had to interject, um, that you can go on websites and there's very careful analysis that people do in terms of comparing one picture to another. Same thing with cameras and cell phones, and you know, and any number of things. It's just. Interesting that we haven't found a site that's popped up already to talk about, given how many people have switched off of these MVPDs to streaming apps um, to evaluate the quality difference that you can watch the same programs across different apps.
2: But but isn't part of it where you are, what provider you are on? Like, doesn't, you know, like certain sites may be caching closer in certain places. Like, it may be different by city, it may not even be the same. In every maybe. location, I mean, but again, I just,
0: but I equated two apps, same TV, same internet connection, same same city. Yeah, it's possible that maybe NBC Sports works better than YouTube TV in Chicago. I don't know; I doubt it. But there's certainly, if people or more people are shifting their content viewing to streaming, then certainly there's going to be choices that people need to. And maybe it's YouTube TV versus Sling or Fubo well, TV. Things that I don't have.
2: Look, I would go back to. I remember an early meeting we had with YouTube just talking about their infrastructure. Like, You're putting up Google's overall cloud infrastructure. You probably could put that up against anyone. The the company that should be most capable of streaming to any device anywhere should be Google, just given their investment in in cloud architecture versus anybody else's. So it wouldn't surprise me that YouTube TV is better than everybody else's, just from a quality of service standpoint. It's just surprising that better than the content owner themselves's
0: app. And so that that also applies to Peacock, that I've noticed the same thing on Peacock, although obviously if something's primarily on Peacock, I can't see it on YouTube TV,
2: so I can't make that comparison, so… The one thing I wanted to just jump in, Brandon, because I don't know if you have focused on it. Yes. Well, because we were we were we did in a Light Shed Premium Access event with iSpot TV today or this week, and one of the interesting things we noticed, I was looking at some of the iSpot data of who the biggest advertisers on all of television. So total national TV spend in the last 14 days, and number seven, shockingly, was Directv Stream. So the new 18, know. It, you know, the at t TV now is bombing weird? it's literally bombing television with ads for direct tv's vmvpd so direct tv now became 18 tv now now it's called direct tv stream they are bombing ads so after that, that product we thought was but, left for dead
1: yeah but it, it, i know it's crazy because they purposefully bled it out right yes.
2: and now and they're bombing the ads again
1: then they rebrand and now well, they're trying a, to the they go they the other is different.
0: Way. but the they is different bill morrow runs the company now he was not running the
2: company before so,
0: when you say they, it's a different company. That's a great point, Walt.
2: Where I was going with this, Brandon, is I don't know whether it's translating to actual subs, but they also have MSG. So, they have all of the RSNs on DirecTV stream. Right.
1: So, which should it, theoretically make the equation easier for Fios, right? Meaning, explain meaning they could just not Drop. worry about losing broadband subs because they could be like, Hey, get direct TV. Hey, get Fubo. So it is, it is a little bit curious.
2: We've, Although we've talked about why any cable company offers video service. Like it's, no it's, cable investor yeah. is buying a cable stock. No one buys Charter, Comcast, Altice for their video business. If they simply offered YouTube TV and Hulu live as $65 or let's say discounted by $5, $60 add-ons, every investor in the space would be happy.
0: And the reason they do, and the reason I, they don't do that is because and because we've asked this question to everyone and they say it's not because of the sports person, it's because of the it's because of the boomer that can't figure out how to do over the top, you know, and broadband. They just had like, the comfort of having their box and flipping the channels that way.
1: Which by the way, bringing it full circle here is probably the sports fan.
0: So that's fair. You're right.
1: It's one in the right? same. So that's, that brings everything full circle. Yep. So I love when we, we figure it out together.
2: Well, I just wanted to, <laughs> Go you, know, team. What, what, you know, what is interesting, though, is despite all of this focus on regional sports networks and Peacock being jammed in, there was a massive drop this week that I don't think was on anyone's radar screen. Dish dropped Tegna. So 64 local TV stations have been dropped by Dish. Obviously, football, local, you know, college and pro this weekend. I think a lot of people expect a quick resolution. It's just going to be interesting because, you know, everyone's been fo- so focused on local sports and sort of this other stuff. And now, re- kind of traditional retrans battles. Right in, right in the middle of football season. Correct. Very unusual in the middle of football. You know season, what I so. wonder?
1: I wonder if Charlie just wants to drop every piece of content literally and see if he still has subs at the end. How many subs do you uh, like
2: just Charlie to see the math. to see the map he
0: literally offers and then rename and then re- at the end <laughs> and then rename it blockbuster. You go down to the, the original <laughs> five channels that we had
2: as kids, rename it blockbuster and then see how many subs they're left with. I love that strategy. Well, didn't he have a Blockbuster relationship, like where he owned the what? brand name for a while? Yeah. What do you, they bought Blockbuster. What, Rich. What was what, the what, name of the serious? guy who used to get on the call? No, no, was that not Disher? No, it like,
0: was Dish. He... <laughs> They still was have rights name? to that brand,
1: so that would be great. <laughs> oh my God, Joe, Five if channels you're, oh, If you're my...
2: listening, oh, that would be that would be epic. That would be an epic troll of the video business.
0: Can you imagine what the what the apes would do if they saw a Blockbuster ticker hit the? At their screens,
2: uh, I mean, okay. the
0: holy triumvirate of ape stocks. Well, GameStop, st- AMC, and fucking Blockbuster. Um,
1: oh, unfortunately, so, Joe just informed no, us. No,
2: stop. Okay, never mind. Um, let's stick on uh, this theme of connected TVs. Joe, so, so Comcast, uh, uh, Sky over in the UK or over in Europe. Um, had a big presentation. It felt very kind of Steve Jobs, Apple-esque in terms of them wanting to be, even though they're clearly not. They um, did this big presentation for Sky Glass. So Comcast uh, Sky is actually going to make TVs. Uh, So we knew about this, but we actually got to see what it looks like. And so they're actually making TVs that essentially have the Sky TV OS software. So instead of being an app on a Roku or an app on Google TV, they're going to embed the OS directly into TVs, and Comcast is actually going to essentially, for a monthly fee. You now, I think it was like fifty nine or sixty. Like you're going to be able to get a TV uh, for a monthly fee, the way you would get a cable service. So it comes with Sky service um, in the UK. To me, like the, the the thing that I sort of reacted to the to the two things that jumped out is something we've heard of for a while now. Brandon is that. Consumers don't want dongles anymore. Like I think in our meetings with Vizio, and I think when Vizio went public, they had some data showing that very few consumers are using dongles. Obviously, Roku's yep. been very successful in the last couple of years by being the you know built into things like TCL TVs. Yeah,
1: we've 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 discussed this about chipsets um, catching up.
2: So if if consumers don't want boxes and consumers don't want dongles, the you would think you would go oh okay so let's just make apps and stick to being an app driven company it's interesting that that's not enough that they so like if they could just be an app ecosystem move to purely software based be on lots of tvs but i don't know whether it's worried that they're not going to have access to the tv oems that they can't do those deals bingo and so they're so worried about being boxed out of the future you know from a fear standpoint that the only way to sort of position yourselves to actually build the tvs themselves
1: yep because look at this i mean that feels
2: very defensive is i guess where i'm going with this like it doesn't I mean, seem like ta- an ta- offensive ta- move. we
1: talked about it for amazon also though right sure you have i mean roku is locked in pretty good with tcl vizio has their own operating system samsung has their own operating system youtube and sony have a very very strong alliance so if how are you going to penetrate in without making your own but
2: you, could you, be, so, you, so you could just be unless you try trying be an app
1: one of those deals
2: but you could just be an app on yeah, but, a busy tv well
1: you could rich but then this this gets back to owning the living room and something sure. you know we've discussed for a long time and like if you're just an app then you need to give people a reason to actually go into your app in the sea of a lot of other apps where people are spending a lot of time, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the only way in really is through hardware. Now the question is, which is a low margin shitty business. The question is um, how do you get How do you really feel about the TV business? What's your, what's your go-to-market strategy
0: um, within that?
1: Yeah, I just obviously think the challenge you, is you start bundling. It has
0: to be direct. That's not how there's no distribution. You're not going to go into Best Buy and say, hey, carry my Sky TVs or yeah. consumer electronics. You're going to have to go. It's direct. You're, you're marketing. And you have to customer
1: your relationships already is your
0: point. Right, you're going direct to those customers. But the, the issue, though, is like anytime a telco or a cable company has tried to do a closed system, because I'm assuming that I can't plug in my HDMI to an Apple box and, and oh, use it. Of course like you in, can.
1: Of course you can. There's going to be HDMI.
0: Okay. So you. Yeah. Okay. So you. Then you can. So they're they're providing you. Are they subsidizing the hardware? Because the cable cable town is is they typically well, make margin. They're off. leasing it to you.
2: They're leasing you. Well, that's the not hard what hardware.
0: I'm asking though, because the cost of a cable box or a modem, you pay back within a year, and then beyond that they continue to to charge you lease costs. Leasing is a different thing, Rich. Lease means that you the value of the product is divided over twenty months, and then it's free, or then you get a new one and, and you trade it in. Sorry, what? So, I, I, so the, the what, what cable companies are used to is crushing the customer by extracting value above and beyond the cost of the product. And when you're talking about a high ticket price item like a like a television that's a thousand dollars, the consumer might be a little bit more savvy. thousand dollars. 800, whatever it is, the customer might be savvy and look for subsidization. And maybe if they want to lower the churn, a metric that they don't report, they'd be willing to subsidize the quality of this pro- the, this product in order to get the customer to take it and, and own that customer to Brandon's point over a longer period of time.
1: It's interesting though, because they still have that, like that real power of the billing relationship and mm-hmm. just adding on something that may look to minimus. Um, to the consumer, instead of like the outlay of having to buy, um, but at the end of the day, they're going back to their old playbook, right?
2: Right. That's like any, you can buy the do. TV. It's so you can like buy the, the box TV for a is thousand V now. Right. Right. Yeah, you can buy instead of a, it's a thousand pounds to buy the TV, or you can do a subscription plan for twenty. So right. It is a thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> so it the, is a the thousand. sixty-five.
2: The sixty-five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That uh,
1: my guess is that's how oh it's a six for sixty five inch sixty five
2: right. yeah yeah okay. no my, okay, my, my, my
1: you're right at a thousand
2: but but here but here's the point like there's I don't we, got we a sixty five inch <laughs> we we counted up the number of apps there's currently twenty two apps on the Sky Glass TV I, you know is a consumer going to choose didn't they tell Google- us
1: there were one hundred and eighty though. I, I think that includes, yeah, but, rich, but I, TV bought an, I bought an. I bet I
2: bought an LG.
0: Um, I bought an LG television OLED because it was a great screen and the apps there are terrible. I still have to plug in an iPad, uh, a, uh, Apple TV in order to get the apps that I want on that television. Sony is great, but not everyone right. just doesn't buy Sony. So, yeah, I think there's still a market for that. What TV do you but have? I have. LG? I have L, i have one an lg and one to. Yes, student i got LG. tvs everywhere yeah, anyway so,
1: I got so tvs everywhere <laughs> here there, everywhere do you have a tv do you have a tv in your bathroom
0: if it, that's a good spot i should put one there but no that, that was like a big like 90s thing people had like
2: tvs, TVs. but, but, you, but, you but know, walt the is the, the rooms, weird tv but walt I, I but i think you're an anomaly i think people don't want to plug dongles in anymore is sort of what the consumer research seems. don't i don't, to I don't be want showing. to buy a
0: dongle anymore but i also want a good fucking picture, right? So I think people right. do want good pictures. So you're an anomaly, Rich, if you think that you're going to you know, take a garbage picture just because your cable co is going to sell it to you because I doubt that the product that they're delivering to you is going to rate. But going back to our earlier comments about how which apps perform better over my Fios connection, when someone's going to spend $1,000 in a television, they're going to go to a rating site and see like what are, what's the screens that look good. And there's like three or four TVs, and then there's their certain price, there's budget ones that they're going to go to. So how is this screen going to rate against those unless they're going to offer it on the cheap, which is what does a wireless operator do? They take a $1,000 phone and they subsidize it by giving you a buy one, get one free. We're paying you $800 for a phone that's worth $200 otherwise. Are they subsidizing? Because for a wireless operator, they're subsidizing to get a customer that has a 60% EBITDA margin. What's the margin of a, of a video customer on a cable town network?
2: 10? Um, m- margins are becoming very, very, very so thin. What it's all is about- the
0: game? So what's the game plan here?
2: I, I, look, I don't know. And, and Amazon's coming in with, I mean, Amazon's coming in with TVs in two weeks. I don't know. Like, I think... It is very hard to figure out. You spend you know, tens of billions of dollars to buy a satellite company in the UK, and now you try to shift it to making TVs with embedded TV OSs when you're late to the game and Roku and Google and others and even Amazon are coming hard. but It's not obvious.
0: So let's put distribution aside. They've announced this thing. I'm sorry, I did not pay enough attention to this. What is the go-to-market strategy? Are we cheaper? Is the quality of our picture better or is the
2: interface somehow better? The pitch was Apple-like. There's only one, it, with one connection into the back of the TV, it okay. just works. So like it's just say, simple if you, and easy on, to use. So if
0: you, hold on, time out. So if you say Apple-like, what you've just said is quality. So you're yes. telling me that that screen, is it an OLED screen or an LED? Because uh, if it's if it's not OLED, then you've already lost me.
2: It is OLED. Uh, It says equivalent to an LG OLED Uh, screen on paper.
0: That's equivalent to. Is that like the Samsung, you know, (laughs) SLGA or whatever random letters? Because I can tell you that's not equivalent.
2: So it says, hold on. If you splashed out for a high-end QLED or OLED QLED, there you go. Yeah, QLED. You might find the the picture quality of sky glass good. The the sky glass will leave you wanting more. It's not bad by any means. It's rather good, in fact. But early viewing suggests it won't okay. beat the class. When leaders. has anyone
0: ever said that about Apple? Uh, if you yeah.
2: really want the high quality, but you,
0: you know, honest,
1: honestly, guys, with <laughs> TVs. Most people, honestly, when you go into the store to show, don't don't know the fucking difference. Do you know? I mean, because I used to do like cover consumer electronics, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know how people chose? It was the screen that they put the brightness up the most. Right. Brightest, the
0: brightest, the, the, yeah. the app, which by the way, yeah. you can turn on for your home yeah. TV and it's like blinding. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. So, so let's, let's so they're going to pitch it most as quality. Maybe it doesn't restricted. have to be quality, but yeah. then the operating system has to be quality, Brandon. And. Comcast had this opportunity with the X1 box to do quality, right? To we talked about this. Still the best operating system among sure operators. But they added Netflix and we were really excited. And they're gonna add all these apps, and you'll never get rid of the box on your television. And they're gonna embed LTE and they're gonna embed CBRs and all these things that Comcast could have done, and they didn't. And they didn't.
2: Let's move on. We could we could talk about this all day. I know. Hold on. Let's go to um well, we have auction news you want to and walk you us got through me it all fired up you're going to swing me right into the auction uh, Rich, the way, FCC, actually point. FCC gets you fired up Walt it's every time au- I bring up FCC auction
0: news Rich I, I even prompted you to what to say to say Walt can we get an update on the auction that's that we talked about last week that's ongoing yes Rich <laughs> let's get into it we're x number <laughs> rounds in I hate
2: you I literally hate you I literally <laughs> hate everything about you
0: The big question about this auction are two things. Will it meet the reserve, which is $15 billion? And then secondly, what's the total number going to hit? And our number is 30 plus billion, as you might have remembered from last week. Consensus is like 25, whatever. So what you're gonna find now, and I'm just gonna, gonna, this is just a, a warning to our telecom listeners. You're gonna find some some trolls on Twitter claiming that based on three rounds, that they know exactly where this thing is, there's no way of knowing. These same people, and you know who I'm talking about, we're, ta- were, were saying that eight rounds in that the C-band auction was, was going to result in $40 billion of bids, and it ended up being $80 billion. So what, we, what we've had thus far, Rich, in nine rounds, is it's gone up 10%, which is pretty much the bidding increment every round. So at some Meaning point,
2: it's it's the it's the minimum bidding increment each round.
0: Correct. So you're like, let's say you're in an auction, and the last bid's a dollar yep. for this NFT. You have to bid a dollar ten to keep it going to stay to stay in the race. Yeah. So you cannot get look. There's other data that the FCC gives that people try and extrapolate, but the bottom line is they tried to do that last time and they were fucking dead wrong. So don't listen to them. They don't know shit. Right. So what what we're gonna have to, and I don't know shit either. So at this point. What's going to happen is it's going to go up 10%, 10%, 10%. When do we hit the reserve price of $15 billion? 10, Round 10, 35 10, 10. on October 19th. Oh, hold, hold on. Here. We've only done nine rounds. And by only October nine can- rounds. We have 35 rounds, but they're going to increase the number of rounds per day. So Got it. On, on October 19th, if, they, if it continues to go up 10% a round, which is basically what happened in C band and every other auction until it drops off we'll hit the reserve on October 19th. Here's the here's the interesting thing. It was a long build up to the interesting thing. How many rounds do you think it takes if you're going at 10% a round? How many rounds do you think it takes to get from the reserve price of 15 billion to 30 billion, which is our estimate, which is at the high end or excuse me, higher than consensus. I'm not sure anyone has a higher estimate in terms of auctions. Just a guess, number of rounds.
2: Above 35,
0: meaning like how yeah, many yeah. more rounds? How many more rounds? five close seven more rounds two days later because it's so just everyone
2: guns to the everyone guns the, the, everyone it's just, guns that, the number it's just
0: math it's just math like obviously things compound so it's just it's impossible to know right. we'll see we'll, we'll monitor it and see where it goes but like Joe just, alone says it's nine 30 42 minus 35 is 7 so unless he gave me incorrect information before then whether it's 7 or 9 We'll have to we'll have to discuss that later because I'm just basing on the information that was given before. Oh, that's oh no, He's round, saying nine right. rounds okay. are complete. Brand- oh, yes, okay. We know now you yeah. see. Ah. Come, <laughs> come on, man. And that was your telecom intermission. Back to media. <laughs> back Brandon, you want to this? Brandon, you read this? Brandon,
1: you want to read this? Bezos. Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos and the team at Netflix get it right so often. Their internationalization strategy isn't easy, and they're making it work. Impressive and inspiring. And I can't wait to watch the show, which is obviously um, Squid Games. I I
2: watched episode one last night.
1: Did you enjoy it?
2: It was. I get why everyone loves it. I totally get it. I mean, it's ridiculously violent, but I get why everyone is addicted. Like, um, and, I, and I can see why Roblox is doing really, really well with it because it's so easy to create your own concepts off of it.
0: So while we're on trolls from before, I would I just like to point out that didn't Netflix, while the market has gone through some volatility, hit an all time high because there's people out there that are like AMC lovers and SoftBank lovers that constantly troll Netflix is like this yeah and well, Netflix all time high trolls. <laughs> well, because, the, the, because the
1: whole because question it, on Netflix, it, right? Like go back to when they reported last quarter. What did we say? The make or break for them was going to be the content in Q4 and whether they can get people re-engaged as they dropped all this content. Turns out the content that re-engaged them wasn't what everybody was waiting for, right? It was something that was completely off the radar to both the you know audience and members as they say and the company itself um in which in is something
2: Quigames. that can never happen on disney right well, because they don't, they don't the do, do things on goal. right no, no no well not even that it's not even the shots on goal they don't go outside of their lane like they have a right. very specific lane that they can create content in uh, a korean show where everyone essentially dies within minutes. Oh, like you is, know, it's spoiler alert. You spoiler literally, alert. you, you literally no
1: ruined the show for everybody. No, I'm not no, going no, no. to watch. Guys, I want to apologize now. on behalf of Rich. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> there's no apology.
2: Like it's stop. But the point Joe is, Joe just
1: said I have not watched. Oh
2: yet. well, then of course oh. the numbers are understated. <laughs> this is. But I, but I think what's interesting is more and more of the things. The reason Bezos' quote is interesting, right? Two reasons. One, it it is clear that more and more of Netflix's big hits are coming from outside the U.S. Casa de Papel from Spain. You're looking at Lupin from France. Just it's clear that there is great content coming, global content that's working at a fraction of the price of, you know, I mean, um, Walt loves Mandalorian. He loves, you know, WandaVision. You know, certainly Mandalorian is costing Disney probably $25 million an episode, certainly $20 million an episode. I, the cost of Squid Game, I, just looking at the way the production values is it, got to be insignificant. Like literally, I, I'd be shocked if it's millions of dollars an episode, just looking at what I saw on the screen. And so it's interesting how you're creating content at far cheaper. To your point, Brandon. They clearly have no idea what's going to work and take off. Like they, it's getting harder to figure out, but if you take enough shots on goal, things just work. And I don't think there's no one talks enough about the shots on goal that they're taking. But then the last thing that I think is interesting is it also shows that Bezos is envious of Netflix. And it probably shows that over the next few years, the amount of money Amazon's going to deploy to overseas content creation is going to be enormous relative to where it is today. They've done some. You know they're big players in in India. They're big players in Japan, but they haven't really been big in terms of global content creation. And I just feel like that tweet is a, a sort of a huge flag. A warning. Of just keep an eye. Warning on us. shot, if you will. Yeah, more is coming. Wonder yeah, if Bezos is going
0: to try and sue Netflix because that's that's how he's trying to win the space game. <laughs> <laughs> suing and complaining, suing and complaining, and trying to hold on to their employees. Now you're right. Amazon, I think. What do they just buy studios? And they would, they you know, they've got money that they want to put behind it, and yeah, seemingly I mean, intention to win.
2: Yeah. Look, I'm well, not Apple's sure we. Got, to- Apple's
0: got one or two dollars too. They're throwing at this market,
2: Rich. Uh, look, I still think Apple is the one. Uh, it, I don't want to call it the sleeping giant, but I think in terms what, of the way Wall Street looks at it, international is strategy. But I don't think they have one yet. Exactly.
0: Who, Apple, Brandon? Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, but no, they. But that's a great point, Brandon, um, implicit in that question, which is that you have a billion users globally that you have access to in, the, with, in their hands. So, yeah, they they have they, to, you they have to the shift jobs. to what do what. Yeah. But, look, dude, I mean, walk before you run like they're, they're starting from scratch. Right. And I think they've done an excellent job in the, in the limited time thus far and in getting some good quality products there. I'm, I'm starting to watch. Ted Lasso was a little choppy this season, but on balance, it was it was I'll give it a B plus. But morning show is off to, I think, at least the episodes that I've seen, a very good start. Very good job at dealing with COVID. Um, and my ha- like first good show that I've I've seen that that shows how the kind of world transitioned to COVID. So, well done, do, Apple.
2: Do they call it for, COVID or do they have a, another name for it? it?
0: No, no, it's it's well. Actually, I don't do know. They have I have another
2: name for it. Do they I'm, call it the China virus or the China flu? Hey,
0: no, Rich, honestly. <laughs> No, they did not uh, They're all refer to, to it as the president at the time. In, in there, Rich. Yeah, this is like broadcasting I like, mean uh, what was that thing? That super liberal presidential show. You know, the uh, show that, that had uh Westwing. Martin Sheen. Yeah, West Wing. Martin Sheen. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Okay, let's different. move on. West Wing. So um Jane Manchin Wong um at Twitter tweets out Twitter's working on live shopping probably not shocking given that they've just integrated the ability to shop onto people's profiles they're clearly trying to you know connect advertisers more and more brands more and more into their audience i think brandon you're you're not convinced that twitter's the place for live shopping no
1: i think two things with twitter right one is i think it works best when the products fit in the scroll Right, because Twitter is just so attached to to its scroll. Number one and number two, it's where you go for your interest graph and kind of what's you know happening now. It just it's it's never been a real commerce platform to me either. Um, so if you you kind of take those things together, um, I don't think it's the right product at the um, for for that particular platform i could be wrong though we'll see
2: yeah i don't know i mean when when noto was there obviously um yeah that didn't work he he tried to make it into you know live you know obviously there are things like the nfl and live sports yeah right and and live video
1: when you're going for the scroll and and it was just sitting there i kind of felt like it was awkward it didn't really fit the experience for which people go to twitter
2: Right. Like spaces actually seems to be a really natural extension, right? Like you're it's having a, a conversation
1: because it's it's a continuation of conversation and it's on yes. and it's on the interest graph, whereas um, what you call it didn't work. Um, uh, fleets did not work because those are generally tied to expressing through pictures and pictures only, not really words.
2: Right. There well, was
1: what n- so- it, it didn't enhance anything. Right.
2: Like Walt, Walt sent me a tweet earlier today about a podcast that, you know, the the risk reversal or on the tape podcast. But I noticed a few minutes later, like literally 15 minutes after he sent it, they were actually doing a Twitter space to discuss this week's podcast. Like, so it's again, it seems very natural to tie tweets to spaces. Live shopping. Look, I think it's interesting because Twitter wants to be in the space. Yeah, whether it's the right place i mean like i'm not even sure people are going to tiktok to do live shopping like i'm not sure that that is the core use case of why you're you know you don't go to to tiktok to shop you don't go to instagram to shop i, I don't know if those will be the biggest destinations no, I for mean, live we, shopping in,
1: in ventures we made the bet that it's going to be a third party app um, or multiple
2: third party apps or, right like or, it may not be or, one or, like
1: exactly or multiple and we've seen the success, kind of 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 whatnot, already in the collectible space. I think that, like valuation, there's up to a billion. We invested in Shop Shops. Um, Common sold has done quite well. You've seen a lot of the traction away from um, these platforms, probably. Uh.
2: And even QVC, which is now Curate, whatever, Curate, even yeah. QVC has done a pretty good job of migrating over to the internet and more over to mobile. Uh, it's a big category. And I, I just think it's interesting now that every single, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, now Twitter, everyone is trying to break into this category. Just it feels like there's something bigger happening. I don't know where it's going to work best, but the category is clearly heating up. If you think about sort of where all what a big topic is going to be for twenty two, yeah. Sticking on Twitter though, there's other Twitter news. Uh, Ned Siegel, Twitter CFO, tweets out today: We signed an agreement to sell MoPub to lovin'. We plan to increase focus on O and O. Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> they bought oh, this oh, thing oh, for hmm. look. They bought this for three hundred and fifty million dollars. They're selling it for over a billion. It had not been an asset that was um, growing. Actually, if it was one of the things weighing on growth over the last couple of years third-party ad ads you know, on other people's games and ad network, not Twitter's core business. And no. I think this is just, this is Twitter saying, look, our core business is actually doing very well. We're, we've been growing users at a very healthy clip. Let's focus on Twitter and not worry about sort of non-Twitter. And I, so I think it's actually a great move I agree uh, again, with that. in the scheme of things, relatively small, but I just like the fact, I mean- And know, it fits it, perfectly for Apple loving. Yes, they want to control more of the mobile app ecosystem discovery and monetization. And so works great for app loving, wasn't important for Twitter, didn't fit with the rest of Twitter's sort win-win. of business strategy. Absolutely. This is actually one of those few times I think there's actually a clear win-win on a transaction. Um, sticking sort of, you know, we started maybe coming back to a little bit of the creator economy. You want to walk through this, Brandon? Sure.
1: Um... This is from Know Something. Twitch has just had a major leak of a lot of stuff, including their monthly payouts to streamers. Here are some of the notables. Note, this total is just their payout directly from Twitch. So it doesn't include donations, sponsors, merch, etc. Um, we don't know if
2: this list is comprehensive. We just know that there, this is a I select mean, there snapshot.
1: Were, uh, there, on this slide, we have um, a select snapshot. But there was a pretty comprehensive list. Um, That was uh, floating around Twitter. Um, I mean, what's there really to say here? There are a shitload of money that the the top level of of streamer of Twitch streamers are making a lot of money on the platform. And read the top number. I
2: mean, the top number is I don't know who XQCOW is. He was like an Overwatch player. Okay, but he's Um, making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a month. Just on his just on this, that doesn't include all the other things that you talked about, like his twitch payout is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the month. It's pretty remarkable like
1: yeah the the top level of twitch streamers make a lot of money I mean now I'm sure that they're not happy about this because of competitive intelligence,
2: meaning relative to YouTube gaming and yeah, other places that's right. But I assume Twitch is still far it's and above. Big. But when you assume that the place that you make the most money is still Twitch, just given sort of the the history of it, and it, you know, yeah, as a... unless
1: unless you have guaranteed deals and things like,
0: who's that. who's not happy about it? your Twitches? You're saying Twitch is not happy about it?
1: Yeah, the fact that all their payouts got leaked. Uh, I would <laughs> I mean, think that is that that, that,
0: that's a good leak because it just shows how much money you can make there, and maybe it's going to attract more creators. Maybe they maybe they were the ones that leaked it.
2: It's an interesting thought like it it to me. It, my, my reaction was, oh, my God, why wouldn't you want to be on Twitch? You can make lots of money. There you go. That was my knee jerk reaction of like, holy shit, my kids should be streaming on Twitch because there's actually money, real money. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you're talking about the top 0.0000001% of streamers that are represented there. Anyway, moving on. Why is Tinder
2: doing its own in-app currency?
1: You know, it's interesting because. Tinder so Tinder is getting its own in app currency you think about Tinder and the gamification of Tinder right and they're actually borrowing from the games industry and sort of also this move to kind of play play to earn and the way it works in this test in Australia is if you do things like update your profile you're very active um uh, do things to kind of like imp- improve yourself and really engage, then you get currency, which is the same currency that you could buy in order to get things like super likes um, and other bells and whistles. So, rewarded engagement.
2: Makes so, sense. I mean, I, I know they didn't talk about it, but there's no reason why if you put content in like Watch this content or interact with this game. You know, like data. There, Are you so talking many about? Are you talking about building an ad business, or or even not, or maybe building a content like, business, like just a, to re, keep you in like the rewar,
1: app. rewarded ads?
2: Sure, just keep or rewarded content. Just watch the content per, or participate. You know, we talk about you know lots of people trying to make yeah, they, interactive and then media. By the,
1: they have um, some you know linear content on there
2: watch the content and in return, get, you know, now the in-app currency that can be used for things in. And just, it creates more and more, you know, we always talk stickiness. about the war for time. Well, war yeah. for time, right? Like if you can keep people in Tinder longer, that's good for Tinder. And so this just seems like whether or not they've come up with the ideas to to, to leverage the, 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 the virtual currency, I can dream up a lot of things to do that. Yep. Uh, let's talk. NFTs. I know Walter's favorite topic.
0: Not at all. You you don't want to read it, then, Walter? Sure, I'll read it. In what was said to be the most complex fashion NFT yet, Dolce and Gabbana sold a nine-piece collection of non-fungible tokens—that's the words for NFT—called Colosona Genese at auction last week. They are now worth more than six million dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean the. The price of NFTs have completely exploded um, in the last several weeks. Once again, uh, after collapsing, right? Whether it's punks, apes, toads, really every <laughs> animal that ever existed, um, gutter Bobcats. cats, you got a bobcat, um, you got which, a bobcat in there, which what our partner in in ventures um, has too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the interesting thing is, like, if you talk to people. Who are part of the nft community they keep and who are dabbling maybe more so than than we are um although we're pretty on top of it they talk about this this tie to a community that owning these nfts um, buys you and you do have the ability to get into discord servers and the like and you i was asking um, somebody yesterday, I was like, so it's like buying
2: a Birkin bag. Like I buy a Birkin bag. I mean, yeah, Birkin but, bag community.
1: Okay. Well, that's the thing,
2: right? How is it any different? I'm not friends with everyone in the Birkin it's, bag community. It, a,
1: this is the point I, I made. I, I used cars only. I was like, okay, so you're rich and you bought um, you, buy a, a, right, you buy a now you're part of the Porsche community but what what is the tie that binds that really binds the community together what are I, what are the I, common I guess you know who are they the are now ethos? I, I, what are the common interests and then there's some you know there's a lot of broad talk about decentralization and the thought leadership on decentralization kind of coming out of some of this but at the end of the day if you ask you know the some of the people I've spoken to about this, who bought these assets, like, why'd you buy? Oh, well, you know, because I'll have, <laughs> go, go up in value and it's cool.
2: Right. But so it's, it's speculation, right? not community. So, it's yeah. not really for community. It's not like, because the idea is like you buy a portion. Well, what's I buy a community? I Like,
1: okay, so what web three is supposed to be all about community and you have, you do have ownership of that community, but the ties that bind the community together except for some of these work projects in DAOs uh, aren't really clear to me. Like in the Web2 communities that that we're part of, whether it's I don't know, you know, Rich, uh, all the tech people that you talk well, to on Twitter, a Facebook and the people group, no, you, a, Facebook a Facebook group, on dogs. A fa- a Facebook group. The uh, like I could throw in fish, like you're part of the fish community. You know what those ethos are. You know what the ties that bind together. You know a lot about the person and they're sort of like a wink, wink. You're part of that community, like owning a fill in the blank. It seems like a forced um, community built.
2: I don't disagree. I don't really understand. Like we can each buy an NFT on the same topic around the world. Maybe now the difference is I know who you are. So theoretically, it's easier to find the other person. And, but it, but know, it's not it, clear that a lot of these things are community-tied.
1: And there's ownership
2: um in, in said communities. Well, look, look so at art. People buy art all the time. They look at it as, you know, for, for many different reasons. It's easier to show
1: off, theoretically.
2: Sure. But does it build a community because you buy a built. piece of digital art? I'm not sure that that's building a community versus traditional art. Like it's easier so to trade, the, obviously. Within
1: these DAO structures, they're supposed to be common goals that you're working towards. I, it's unclear on the JPEGs. And I do realize like, look, the punks community are kind of like the very rich thought leaders in Web3, right? So like you're kind of part of that. But a lot of these other ones, I'm not exactly sure what what the ties that bind are. It just seems to be speculation.
2: Let's talk a little box office shifting gears um, uh, to wrap up. we got two slides on, on box office. The first one is an NBC tweet that I just thought was fascinating. China's The Battle at Lake Shanjin was the highest grossing film anywhere in the world over the past weekend with a 203 million haul. We just juxtaposed that against Venom, which the second film came out last weekend and it did million. And it talked about how it beat Black Widow at $80 million. And I just thought the fact that China box office can be that enormous without U.S. films, it it sort of feels like China, you know, all the Hollywood studios were like, oh, my God, we've got to get our movies into China. China's got this huge growth of movie theaters. There's huge potential in this market. And now you're seeing China sort of slowly, ever so, you know, week by week, close down on access to U.S. films and yet the box office in China still can explode because of their local films. And so it seems like China's just replacing the U.S. film business with the China film business, and they don't need us anymore. And they're going to have a huge film business. Movie theaters are going to be a great business in China for years to come, but it's not going to be because of U.S. films and they're going to shrink the access U.S. films have to China. And that should scare Hollywood studios because... China has been seen as sort of a huge growth opportunity, you know, sort of international, but specifically China was the big growth opportunity for theatrical. And it seems like that's fading very, very quickly. And the bigger China local films do, my guess is the less interest they have in U.S. studio films.
0: It doesn't hurt that they also restrict content that comes through U.S. apps and are helping their industry there by, by cutting any content, not to mention restricting other uh, screen time things like games that kids play or, you know, sure. at some point, maybe TikToks is when they realize that TikToks are going to be so addictive. So clearly, if that's the society that someone wants to live in and then then maybe they'll go to the theaters, then maybe the government will say, well, we don't like what's going on in theaters and
2: shut those down too. But what's interesting though is that the Hollywood studios were actually changing scripts based on what China, they would actually edit films and change scripts so that they were acceptable in China. I believe they call that appeasement. And how does that work out? Well, the funny thing is, is they appeased and they appeased. And now they're just being totally removed completely. Even after exactly. appeasing.
0: <laughs> so, so, so you
2: that, how I it know. Out. <laughs> no, it didn't work at all. I'm just saying like it's. Well, I it, guess it, it
0: worked. They squeezed some extra cash out for a while. But look, this Chinese story um, is one that. Continues in many many different ways. Taiwan being the biggest one that people should be aware of and, and following. But um, yes, this thing is so. What's going on in the U.S. though, Rich? He's, I think well, Robert we're Schoble, getting, a very yeah, popular why you read blogger, this? read this. Um, this tweet caught my eye. I don't actually follow Robert, but I follow Brian Rommel, um, who retweeted it. He's a buddy of his, and a great tweet. I love his follow. But he says, "One man, one man will save." theaters this Christmas. Hans Zimmer. Why? Because his new Dune and 007 soundtracks are mind-blowing works. I have a great home theater and I want to see both in a really awesome theater. You need to, you, you, the listener need to experience both on a high-end Dolby system. Wow. So that was, that was the, wow was the tweet, not my, well, wow. first of all, I will agree with this. Dolby is better than IMAX in my local theater. I do like to go to Dolby. I do like to, as our listeners know, I do like to go to see Marvel. I'm looking forward to Dune, although I, I believe it or not, I've not seen the original Dune. So that's on my to do list. But obviously to suggest that a couple of these blockbusters are going to save theaters. Rich, this is a, this is I'm teeing this one up for
2: you. Well, it, the there's, there, there, there's two parts of this that are awesome. First of all, it, it is important to note that Dune is our favorite director, Walt. So, you know, <laughs> okay, we Chris, have Chris. I'm going to I'm going to help you. No, no, no. This, no, this is not Chris. This oh, it's not Chris other, Nolan. This is Dennis. No, it's, this is Dennis. It's, this is Dennis. Dennis, oh, like Dennis a whip, uh, a no, no. who, who believes I you thought, have to see movies. you remember? No.
0: no, I thought Chris Nolan talk? was my favorite one oh, because okay. he was the one well, who was these, such these... a jerk to AT&T. Well, you know,
2: Dennis is right up there too. So Dennis has okay. attacked AT&T in an equal our sec- way. Our second favorite one. Man. Yeah. Um, so um, but the funny thing is is Dune is going to be out um on HBO Max day and date. So, you know, I think th- that film is certainly not saving movie theaters being available day and date uh, on HBO Max. Um, and then Bond, which comes out this weekend. Look, the, the numbers on Thursday night were fine. It did six million dollars, which is certainly a big number for Bond. But you know, relative to you know, Venom last week, I think did almost $12 million on Thursday. So this is not gonna be a massive blockbuster film. And you know, I think. The problem is, yeah, movies are doing like, OK, but box office is still down mid teens. And during the week, it was down 40, 50 percent year over year. I, there's just that that tweet is so misguided. Like, are is box office going to come back? Will, will there still be movie theaters in America? Yes. Will there be a lot less movie theaters that make a lot less money? Yes. yes. And I think that's the key is that you're, they're just talking about two very different things. And I think that's what gets, you know, too often gets sort of misunderstood is that, yeah, theaters are coming back. We're going to go to movies for a long time, but we're not going to go to the number of movies. And there's going to be just more and more in streaming. I and mean, you talked about Apple. Apple's got an incredible movie slate next year. That is not going to go to movies for movie theaters for very long. So I will see, but I do find it funny that he thinks 007 and Dune are the soundtracks are going to save the movie industry. That That I'm is the gonna, last I'm reason I've ever 007, gone to a movie.
0: But I will go to Dune and I'll like, I'll give you my, I'll post on Twitter my review of the original Dune. I'm and why are you not
2: going to see 007. 007? I would think that was I mean, a just basic a family guy. thing.
0: Nah, I can see that at the home theater. Brandon, any interest I- in Bond? absolutely not you
1: know i don't go to the movies
0: so like ha- this ever. is our 75th
1: episode so yep 75th the, the, anniversary the diamond, the, the diamond episode
0: the diamond episode diamond. Like and diamond you actually in found rihanna like singing like these, diamonds like stars. is this rihanna it's pretty good She's, yeah yeah this audio is good i don't need to hear this and i'm voice. hearing this and zoom in zoom and it sounds pretty good
2: and brandon you actually sat for the entire hour length episode are you okay um, I've been
1: kind of sitting on my leg, with my butt off the um, um, off the chair. I think my leg has fallen asleep, but you know, this is the uh, the third time I've had to do this. You know, for one of these. Plus, I got through whatever we, we've done. Light shed premium accesses this week. We've done accesses. Uh, we've done light shed lives. We have more. With starry. Yep. We have more light shed lives coming next week. We have more light shed lives the week after, so we're you know leaning busy. into that access, yeah.
2: Have a great weekend everyone. That's episode seventy five. Take care everyone.